many of us as little girls dreamed of that fairy tale perfect marriage and being the perfect wife. But if you're like me, it wasn't long in your marriage before you realized that you had no clue how to make that happen or where to even start. No matter where we are in our marriages, we all need to have these first steps down and to continue them throughout our married life if we want to have the kind of loving marriage that we see in our Bibles. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you what I learned as to what these first steps are to a Christian marriage, to having the kind of marriage that we've dreamed of and being the submissive wife that we want to be. I'm not overloading you with scripture today, but I am sharing with you a lot of information that you may want to write down. So I recommend that you go get your pen and paper and let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting to do life God's way, but are unsure how or what that even looks like? Do you sometimes fear that you're doing this whole wife and mom thing all wrong and want to know how to do it right? Or do you want to stop worrying all the time and learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Bible study teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to find biblical answers to life's challenging questions in His Word, to know what His promises are for you, how to apply them to your life, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day, and follow the amazing plan that God has for you, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. Recently, I received a note from Ashley on the website, and I want to share it with you because it's a good example of some of what we're going to be talking about today. She says, my sister-in-law and I have recently started your podcast. We started at episode one and are listening to the same episode every day so we can talk about it together. We listened to episode five today. I love this podcast so much. It's really exactly what I need right now. I'm a wife and mom of four, ages five to 15, so we are in the thick of it. I have the hardest time finding time for me. I've been listening while on my walk. Two birds, one stone. I just wanted to say thank you for making this. We have loved every single second. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for leaving this note. And it has been such an encouragement to me. And I commend you that even though you have this busy life as a wife and mom, you have still found time to listen to the podcast, to grow in the Lord, to learn more, and then to go that extra step in that you are sharing this with your sister-in-law and both of you are talking about it together. God's word tells us that iron sharpens iron. And as you do that, I'm sure that you can see that you are both getting that much more out of this and growing that much more. And 
I'm just so thankful for that. And ladies, if if this is something that you can do, if you have a friend of yours that you can listen to the same podcast episode or do a Bible study together or anything like that, I, I'd so recommend it that you do because we do get so much more out of what we learn in God's word when we are sharing it and discussing it with others. So as I said in the intro, I dreamed of that perfect marriage and being the perfect wife. You know, that loving husband who works during the day while you're taking care of the home and the kids, and he comes home for dinner and everybody sits quietly and peacefully at the dinner table. And you just have this, you know, quiet, peaceful life. And that is what I was looking for. That's what I wanted. I seemed to know that doing marriage God's way was the best way for me to be able to have this, but I had no idea where to start. I had no idea what that kind of a marriage looked like. I didn't come from a Christian home. I wasn't taught the things of God at home. And so I have to say I was a bit selfish and definitely unrealistic about my expectations of what being married was all about. I had no idea of what doing marriage God's way was, what a submissive wife looked like, and much less how to accomplish that. I certainly learned some wonderful traits from my parents and that they were very helpful, but I soon realized that there's a whole lot more that I needed to know and that there were things that I definitely needed to do differently than what they had done if I wanted to have the kind of loving, sustainable marriage that God had designed for me to have. So I set out to learn what God's word said about marriage, about being a submissive wife, about how I was to live as a believer. And I took all of those things and I applied them to my life. It wasn't going to be any good to me for to learn all this information and to have it all if I wasn't going to allow God to change my heart, to change the way that I thought about things, and to change the way that I did things from the inside out. It's been a long road, literally decades, and it wasn't always easy. There have been plenty of challenges, financial struggles, and sin issues, and even tragedy along the way each one yielding growth in Christ and a closer relationship with the Lord and with my husband. Would I change any of it? No. All of it has been worth it. It has made me the woman that I am today and given me the marriage and the family life and the opportunities in ministry that have been blessings beyond measure. Some of you may have come from a Christian home with parents who did model that godly marriage. But I'm sure that you have seen that in watching your parents and then trying to live it out for yourself in your own marriage, it doesn't quite work out the same and that you need to do things a little bit differently than the way that your parents did. No matter what our backgrounds are, we all need to start at some point with the first steps of learning what the Bible says about marriage, how to apply those biblical principles to our own life and to our own marriage relationship. And really, these first steps that I'm going to share with you, they should be used in all areas of our life and all throughout our Christian walk. It really is something that never ends until we see Jesus in heaven.
So what is the first step? Well, the first step is be intentional about seeking to grow spiritually. Growing in the Lord doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't happen just because we hang out at church or that we hang out with Christian friends. And we also never arrive. We never come to a point in our Christian walk where we can set our Bibles down and say, yep, I know everything that's in there. I'm good. We're always learning and we're always having new things that we need to learn, new seasons and new challenges in our lives that God is teaching us and working through in us. And to grow spiritually, we must put forth an intentional effort. In Psalms 119, 1 and 2, it says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. So in this, we are learning that we are walking with the Lord. We are not stationary. We are not sitting, but we are walking. We're always moving forward. We're always learning more and doing more. And then that we need to seek him with our whole heart in all the areas of our lives. We need to be seeking him, which is again, something that we are doing, that we are moving forward with, that we are continuing with throughout our entire Christian walk in seeking him with our whole heart intentional and in that we make learning what is written in the scriptures and applying God's word to our life, a priority in our life. And that's the same thing that Ashley had done. She had made it a priority in thinking, okay, I have to find a place and a time that I can be with the Lord, that I can hear scripture, that I can hear someone talk about what is my marriage and how can I make it better? And what does God's word say about my marriage? And so she found that time during her walk. And that's, like I said before, such a great example, but we do need to be intentional about this. So in doing so, and in making it a priority, then one of the things that we should be doing is being sure that we attend church and being part of a corporate worship and ministry. We learn some of our best lessons when we are in ministry with others and when we are serving others. Also, having fellowship with other believers on a regular basis. When it comes to who you and your husband hang out with, choose wisely. Choose those people that are going to be an example to you and what a godly marriage looks like or those who are also striving to have the same kind of marriage that you are. Not that we can't hang out with non-believers or have non-believers as friends, but they will influence us. So we need to be careful about how much time we are spending with them and make sure that we are also spending time with those who are encouraging us and helping us and being that example of a godly marriage. And then attending and fully participating in Sunday school, a couple's Bible study, or maybe a women's Bible study. It is preferable in if both you and your husband can do this. And it can be a study together or individual studies that you go to the women's study and he goes to the men's study. That's awesome. That's great if that's available to you and you're able to do that with him. Sometimes husbands aren't quite there. They're not ready for that. They're not at that point in their life. Maybe their job keeps them from doing something like that. And that's okay. 
you need to focus on yourself in this part of it, in that you are responsible for your own Christian walk with the Lord and your own spiritual growth. So even if your husband is not at that place right now, that's all right. You still move forward with yourself because like I said, you are responsible for your own walk with the Lord and for becoming a godly wife. And if you noticed, I said fully participating. You're only going to get out of this study or your Sunday school class or whatever that you're doing if you put into it, okay? Your marriage actually depends on this. Doing the lessons before each class, spending time in prayer, asking questions if need be. But this is how we learn. And the level of growth that you will have in this study depends on the level of effort that you're willing to put forth. And then last, make it a priority. I know that life is busy. Either you or your kids have activities, you're involved, you have places to go, people to take care of, things to do, but being intentional about learning to be more like Christ has far-reaching effects, not only for yourself and for your marriage, but also to those who are around you. When you learn to be more like Christ and to have him change your heart and you portray that Christ likeness in your life, then you are portraying that to your children. You are teaching them what a follower of Christ looks like, that you make your Bible study a priority, that you make going to church a priority, that you seek God's word for the answers for your life. You are portraying that to them and you are teaching that to them by your actions. And then also by being a godly wife, you are teaching your boys what to look for in a wife and and what that is supposed to look like. And you're teaching your daughters how to be that submissive wife and what that role looks like. So in you being intentional in your spiritual growth, it is for you first, but there are also other lasting effects that this has on your family and on those who are around you. So step two is to be diligent in pursuing sound biblical doctrine. There's all kinds of self-help books out there with the latest psychologists saying, you know, whatever they have to say about marriage today, or even watered down versions of scripture on the subject, which is why we need to be so diligent in learning solid biblical truth that the guidance and the direction that we are following is from God, what he says about marriage, because he is the one who created us. He's the one who created marriage in the first place, and he knows what this marriage relationship is supposed to look like. He knows how to help you have the kind of marriage that you are looking for. And he warns us in Ephesians 4, 14 through 15, it says, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So we need to be careful that the preaching in our churches, the lessons in our Bible studies, the books that we were reading, and yes, even the podcasts that we are listening to are giving solid biblical truth of God's word. 
that it's not just their opinion or that they're quoting just one verse and then closing the scriptures and not opening them again, but that every concept that they are teaching is backed by scripture. The enemy uses the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting to leave believers astray and away from the knowledge of God's word that can truly help our marriages. Therefore, be diligent, double-checking everything that you read and that you hear against sound doctrine. And ladies, if you ever have a question about what I'm teaching, if you have a question about what God's word says and where did I come up with this concept or anything like that, please feel free. Call me out on it. Ask me about it. And, and I will, you know, give you all the information that I have. I do my very best to not take anything out of context and to teach you solid biblical doctrine. But if you have any questions about it, like I said, feel free, drop me a note, ask a question in the Facebook community, whatever you want, but I'm happy to answer that for you and to help with that. Okay. So on to step three, that we are to have faith. Trusting in Christ alone as our Abba Father and not in the wisdom of man. As I said, God created us. He created marriage and he knows how it is all supposed to work. And he teaches us what a godly marriage looks like. He teaches us how to be that submissive wife in his word. And we must have faith in him. We must have faith that his word is truth and faith in the power that he has to change our lives and to work in our marriages. Hebrews eleven six tells us, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You can't do this with an attitude of, well, I'm going to try this and see if God works. It doesn't work that way. We must come to our Abba Father knowing that he loves us, that he wants to work in our lives, and that he has the power to work in our marriages and do the impossible if necessary. We are to have faith in his word, the one truth in our lives. It is the wisdom that works. And we can use it as a guide to live out godly marriages. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We can trust that as we learn God's truth, that we learn that wisdom, that it's going to give us the information that we need. It's going to give us reproof. Sometimes we need that. We need the reproof. We need the correction to change our sinful ways. It's going to give us instruction in righteousness that we know what the right thing is to do, what the right direction is to go in our lives. And so that we can be equipped to do all that we need to do in this life and all that we encounter in this life. We can also trust that he comes alongside of us, helping us to make those right decisions and changing our hearts to make us better wives, that he is faithful to both work in us and in our husbands, bringing us together and bringing us to that Christ-centered marriage that we want to have. 
In Deuteronomy 7, 9, we are given this promise. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. So have faith, have faith in the Lord and have faith in his word that it is truth and that it is going to help you. And then step four, rely on the power of Christ to change you, not your own. We have been taught to depend on ourselves, to be self-reliant, to buckle down and dig in, that if we can, you know, just put our minds to it and believe in ourselves that we can do anything and everything. And the self-help books that I talked of earlier often tell us how we can change ourselves with five steps to a new you or that whatever problem or issue that we are having, it's going to give us some sort of label that it's not our fault. Maybe it's from our childhood or it's just the way that we were made and that we can never change. So we just have to figure out how to deal with it or to how to help others deal with it. But scripture tells us something different. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, we were justified in righteousness at the moment of our salvation, and we became a new creation in Christ at that time. Our heart was changed, and we now have the power of Christ in us to put off the old and to put on the new, to heal from those past hurts, and to change from our sinful ways and to become who Christ has called us to be. Does this happen overnight? Absolutely not. It takes a long time. It's the decades that I was talking to you about in the beginning, in learning what scripture says, applying it to my life, and changing and being the kind of person and the kind of believer and wife and mom that God has called me to be. Before salvation, we could only try to be godly in our own strength, which would always fail at some point. But now we have the power of Christ in us, which never fails. 1 Corinthians 2.5 tells us that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That is where it comes from. Power of forgiveness to be free from a sinful past. Power to not be like our parents or to have a marriage the way that they did. Power to put our trust in our husbands, even if they have let us down or hurt us in the past. With the power of Christ, we can change. Our husbands can change and our marriages can become the way that God designed them to be. Now, just as a side note, Just as we need the power of Christ to change us, to change our hearts, to learn how to put off the old and to put on the new, our husbands need that same power. No matter how hard you try to change him or to fix him or to try to make him the man that you want him to be, truly only God can do that. Only God can change his heart. Your job is to pray for him, to pray for God to work in his life, and to faithfully believe that God will do it. As a matter of fact, to rely on God's power, we must be in prayer. We must be seeking his guidance and asking for his help all along the way. So 
how are you doing in all these areas? How intentional are you in your spiritual growth in making learning about Christ and applying his word to your life a priority about using his power to change and not your own? So I have a few questions for you today, and this is probably where some of the note taking will be taking place. And that is to help you be able to find out and to apply some of these things to your life. I will be putting these questions in the show notes. So in case you're listening to this on your walk or something, they will be there for you and you can go back and look at them. But the first question is when you look back over the last five years, do you see spiritual growth in your life? Why or why not? So if you're not seeing that spiritual growth over the last five years, why are you not seeing it? What is holding you back? And what do you need to change in your life to begin to grow? And then question number two, are you pursuing sound biblical doctrine? How is the preaching at your church? What about what is being taught in the Bible study? Are they barely opening the Bible or are they truly going through scriptures and teaching you what God's word says? And then the podcast that you're looking or that you're listening to or any other books that you're reading, do they have the solid biblical backing and with all the concepts that they are teaching that they are from the Lord and not their own opinion on the subject? Third, how's your faith? Are you trusting in God or self? Do you trust that the Lord is faithful and that you are not alone in this and that you can trust in his wisdom and the truth of his word to change your life? Are you seeking what that truth might be or what that truth is actually, not what it might be because the truth is the truth from God. So what the truth is. And then question four, where does your power to change come from? Are you trying to pull up those bootstraps and to do it on your own? Or are you looking to the Lord for his power that where you are weak, you can become strong in him and using his power to change and to work in your life? I encourage you today to just really, really look at this, to really look and examine your life and your heart and freely admit those areas that you need work on. We all need work in one area or another in our lives. It's, it's why we're here. It's why we're, you know, sharing with one another and being with one another and why we need to be with other Christian people so that we can see what it is that we need to do and change and be different at. We all have life changes. We all have seasons in our lives where things are different and we all have times where we may need to bring ourselves back to that. You know, maybe you were growing spiritually really well 10 years ago, but you've kind of fallen away from that. And that happens a lot. And so it's time to come back. It's time to be intentional about your spiritual growth. It's time to diligently pursue sound biblical doctrine. It's time again to have faith trusting in Christ alone and his truth and to rely on his power to change you and to work in your marriage. These are 
not only the first steps, the basic steps to a marriage, but to the Christian life and to our walk with the Lord. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, Oh, precious Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your strength and your power. I thank you for your love for us and that you want us to change and to be more like you, that you have given us this new heart inside of us, Lord, that we can put off the old and put on the new with your power, with your strength and with your wisdom. Lord, I thank you for that wisdom, that we have a truth that we can count on a truth that we know is what works. In any of the self-help books and the other things, we're hoping that it works. But Lord, we can trust in you. We can trust that if we follow what it is that you tell us, if we follow your biblical principles, that they will work, that they will change our hearts, that they will change our lives. Lord, I just ask that you would be with each woman who is listening, Lord that you would help them to have the faith to rely on you and to rely on your word, that you would pierce their hearts, Lord, that you would tug at them to be intentional about growing spiritually and growing in you, that they would be intentional in seeking a Bible study and in seeking to grow, Lord, and to learn more and to apply that to their lives, Lord, that they would seek out sound biblical doctrine, Lord, only your word as truth. Lord, I just thank you so much in coming to us in just being there for us and being faithful to us as wives, as moms, and in our marriages, Lord, and in our families. I know that you hear our prayers. I know that you love us and that you want to work in our lives if we are just willing to open up and to seek your face. And I just praise you, Lord, and thank you in your heavenly name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this. Well then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today. And know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.